The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today, believe it or not, is the 21st of January, 2019. It is absolutely amazing. You know, it's like, it seemed like Christmas was just like yesterday. And um, I'm going to bring this gentleman in shortly, but we got our pal Ken Nowicki on today. And I was just telling Ken... We got 15 inches of snow Saturday night, so I just got in again. Been digging out for two days with uh, the anticipation of training tomorrow. It is 35 below here in Albany, New York. Let me tell you, if you don't like cold, you better pack the moving van and get the hell out because it is, I was telling them, anything I touched my clothes to, it would literally stick and make a mark on it. That's how damn cold it is. But it's all right with me. I love it. I think I was born in who knows where, and I always said maybe I'm going to come back as a great white shark or uh, I'm going to come back as uh, one of those Russian Siberian tigers with the big thick tail. Uh, they love the snow, the snow tiger, so who knows. But on that note, stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion, and I am unstoppable, we'll say today. Um, I usually say also, too, I am an overcomer. Now, everyone knows how I've really dove into the DNA, and I still am, and I'll be doing it the rest of my life, and how much you can change the opportunities that you can make for yourself out there. And this is the verbiage I use. I use certain things when I wake up certain things through the day, certain things through the evening before I go to bed. And one of the books I've been pushing since I started doing this, and I've, I've read it multiple times long before I really got deeply into this, you can't go wrong with Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I would tell you to read that book one million times, and I guarantee you anything you want in life you're going to get. But it's a commitment like everything. It's not only that. It's learning how to write things out. Go to seminars, and you don't have to go and spend $5,000 on a seminar. I know I can't, but there's local things here, and you build a network, and you get around people that are like-minded. And I'm telling you, Napoleon Hill, I remember hearing him talk, and you should go out and read about him, you know, with Andrew Carnegie. Um, This guy was one, he was the richest uh, steel magnet in the 1800s, I believe it was. And he and Napoleon Hill, he wanted Napoleon Hill to write about all this stuff. And he taught him so many things. And and Napoleon Hill said that you can go from zero to millions like snap. And he said that's what scared the hell out of him. Coming from basically nothing He said the first million dollars he made suddenly came out of nowhere, and that's what he was saying. You know, 
where did this all come from? Why have I been poor for so long? This, that, and the other thing. Well, you know what? You're never poor. What it is, you are working on it. Things are happening that you're not seeing physically. That's why most people drop out. So all I can say to you with everything we're doing here and everything we're going to be doing here and all the things we're doing with the kids with things like this, stick with it. I guarantee you you're going to make it. And that's how you got to think. Now, go out to uh, FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc. That is our premier product. You need to go check that out. Also, too, you can invest in FBC and M&M. All you have to do is go into our Prosperity Conscious page on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. $25.50 investment to my PayPal account is not a lot of money. When you break that down over 12 months and you're getting content here, I, I don't know anybody that delivers content like this. And I was telling Ken before we came on that um, our show's downloads per episode have doubled in one year, well, less than a year, which is absolutely incredible. And I can tell you this from having to go out and raise money and all that, and it has been very difficult. I stuck with it, and look what's happening. That's why I said, just because you don't physically see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Learn to change your mind. Change your DNA. Go out and be something. Don't sit there and wait for it to happen, because we, when we get Ken in here, I guarantee you he'll tell you just with his gym, if you're going to wait for the opportune time to do everything, you're going to be waiting till they put you in an old folks' home or they put you 10 feet down. And I'm not kidding you when I say that. So think about all these things we talk about here. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. I believe Ken's been on with me for about three years now. There is a load of material out there that he and I have done. As I say, second to none. It's all quality. And if you listen to these shows over and over and over, you're going to get something new every time you listen to it. And right now, I believe we're up to about 1,035 shows in just a little over four years, which is astronomical. And I'm very, very proud of not only myself and everybody who's in the uh, M&M family. So go and listen. Also, too, um, sign up for a free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. goes right out to my MailChimp account. Anything I put out, you will get in your inbox. Also, too, what I just say, invest. You can go out and advertise with us. It is relatively cheap coming in here for one month. Um, and with the amount of shows we're putting out, with the amount of downloads we're doing now, it's going to become more and more attractive to all types of businesses coming in. You don't have to be a fitness business to come in here. There's so many things associated with what we do. Come on in. Give us, you know, get a hold of me. I will work with you, and we will make a lot of money for each other. And in the meantime, we're helping people too. So take a look at that on MotivationMuscle.com. Don't forget about uh, Fiorella Barbell Company, our YouTube channel, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And on that, we're going to talk about some power here. Let me just bring up Ken's uh, bio. Here we go. He's the owner of uh, KNSStrongman.com. He's of Scottish descent and the youngest person, age 17, to lift the Denny Stones. Um, and not only that, Ken can give us, uh, he can elaborate on the gym, how it's doing and everything, because the last show he was on, he had pre-
pretty much just gotten in there and got going, and he had equipment coming and all that. And um, we're going to get into a couple things today. Um, front squats. I don't think anybody is really, we've really talked about that, and being Ken is a big-time stone lifter here, we're going to get his opinion and mine on how do you front squat, number one, and how does it transcend into becoming a better stone lifter. Then Ken had a thing out the other day, which I loved. He was doing some conditioning, and that's another thing. We've gotten into a little bit, but, you know, he's running with a yoke, dropping the yoke, going and getting a sandbag, up, back, up, back, and dropped it. And this is a very important thing. So on that note, Ken, welcome back, brother. It's always an honor to have you on, sir. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. Anything I missed, obviously, why don't you give out all the websites, you know, the gym, everything, and obviously give out the gym name. I apologize. That will be in our next, when I do your bio, I'll update the bio. But if you could give all that, and we'll get started on front squats, my friend. So the gym is called Recovery Athletics. It's uh, located in Vancouver, Washington, right across the river from Portland, Oregon. I also have a company called Server Strength USA, which is uh, produces knee sleeves and elbow sleeves and wraps and straps and sandbags and belts and you name it, we have it typically. So it's Cerberus-US.Cerberus-Strength.com. Uh, and then I've got a lot of stuff coming up on YouTube and, and stuff like that. So, you know, check me out on there too. Awesome. Um, well, let's first do a little catch up cause it's been a while. What have you been up to? What are you looking at in 2019? And then we're going to crash right in the front squats. So, I mean, I'm trying to think, I can't remember when we last spoke, but it was sort of played by injury last year. Had, um, had a back injury in March, which, you know, cleared up. And then I was prepping for a contest and ended up tearing a quad adductor. Ooh. And then, you know, trying to just keep going, feel it enough to compete again. I ended up tearing a hamstring and tore a hamstring four times in six weeks and ended up just taking the, I literally took a month off training. And it wow. Weird. Cause I would just, you know, I'd walk into the gym because I owned it and know that I'm not training for, you know, another God knows how long, you know? Yeah. Um, since then, you know, getting trains started to come back again, it's really been sporadic last couple of months, and I just got back in a plan uh, the last few weeks. But, I mean, even when it was sporadic, you know, pulled the deadlift PR, you know, and things are going fine. This my, I'm surprised at my strength, honestly, which is nice to – Nice to still have those strength levels when uh, when you've not been doing much and you know I've been putting a lot of time into the businesses. Yeah, really yeah. a lot of time in with um, with Cerberus. You know, I've uh, working with Elite FTS with them now and talking to other, some other companies and really been pushing the growth of the business and it's paying off. Yep. Now it's time to I need to have a bit more of a, a life work balance. You know. I, I know exactly what you're talking. That one out now. Well, you know, being both business owners, um, unfor- well, I, I won't say unfortunately, it is fortunate. Um, sometimes other things got to kind of take a back seat because the businesses have to survive. And yeah. this, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because um, Don G. Fardino and myself done a, did a show recently 
um, called Creativity. And it was all about shoulder injuries from too much benching. Uh, the doctors wanted him to do surgery, he opted out, and he figured a way to build an adjustable 8X club, okay? And whether you use these things or not, it's like Ken said, you know, the business at some point has got to be first. I mean, yep, you want to compete, you got other outside interests, you know, you might be married, you might have a girlfriend, whatever, but... And then you got to come into balance. But for a few years, if you want to survive, you're going to have to push the envelope with your business. And, you know, especially, you know, you're tearing things. You know, I know I've had to take – I start back tomorrow. I took two weeks off. I was just battered, man. And it was like, you know, this isn't the way I want things to be. And, you know, there's tons of pressure on the outside to survive and keep the businesses going. Etc. Etc. But as I said when I came in and started the show, just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean it's not happening. And that's something that I want to clarify with everybody out there that maybe's he- hanging their head right now and saying, "What am I going to do? I don't know." And this could be everything in your life. Try to always keep yourself positive, no matter what. No matter what, go out and grab something to listen to. Go out and listen to a gentleman like Zig Ziglar. Go out and listen to people that are going to fill your head with positive things. Because when you're thinking those things, all the crazy stuff in the outside is not going to get into you. And once you master this stuff, anything could happen to you and it won't even get to you. I'm, I'm seeing things with me mentally that I've never seen before. Would I have taken two weeks off before? Probably not. Why? I don't know, because of the dependency on training, and I like that, but it had to be. And there are other things that been kind of been pushed off, and I said, I can't do this. I have to do what I got to do. So tomorrow, who knows, it might be 35 below again, as I was telling Ken before we came on. I can't wait to get my ass out there. I mean, I'm, the last two days, I'm pushing an enormous snowblower, heavy as hell. Okay, fun to do. Not the same as lifting a stone, even though right now everything's buried outside. I've got stuff in. But what I'm saying is always keep striving to be your best. Oh, No matter what happens. You heard Ken, he came back. He's having great workouts now. See, everything to me is a temporary thing. It's just how you approach and react to things that's going to either make you or break you or shelve you permanently. So I know that was a long rant, but comment on any of that. If not, um, let's blast right into front squats, if you would, my friend. So, I mean, it's funny that you uh, that, we, that we're talking about this because I did a video yesterday. I'm doing a lot more, a lot more stuff for my YouTube these days. And, you know, recently it's just been a case of uh, – you know, hey, this is what's been going on with training. This is what's been going on with, uh, uh, you know, whatever. You know, like 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 weekly weekly catch up things. I mean, one of the reasons that I took a lot of time off, well, like I said, was um, was uh, the business and stuff like that, and you know, trying to put time back into that, or or not even back in, but into it because, like you say, I mean, like. 
if you want to, the way I see it, like if I if I put the time in now and I work really hard now, yep, and I build it now, then in five years or ten years, you know, like it'll be a point where yeah, okay, I'm still gonna have to work really hard, but it'll have paid off and like life will be easier, you know. Yep, yep. Um, like I have a, I have a goal of being able to house paid off within you know five years you know that's one of my goals and it's uh you know the reason i brought up the whole youtube thing was i just filmed a video yesterday about finding your why you know if you know why you're why why you you want something it makes it makes doing the things to get them a lot easier you know yeah so that'll be so if you want to if you want to watch that that'll be my youtube uh later today but (laughs) the uh Kenny, where where can they find you on YouTube? Just put in Ken No Wiki, or is there a certain name? Put in, put in Ken No Wiki. Uh, I think my YouTube. I think I changed it. It used to be like Big Ken One Two Three Four Five Six yep. when I was like fifteen or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just Ken Strawman now. But okay. Yeah, you can find it on there. Okay. Uh, it's pretty pretty easy to find. Um. But uh, yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the stuff is just you know it's putting the time and putting the effort into to get where you want to be. You know, the other thing, the other reason that I took some time off of training was that, uh, you know, cause I start, I started back up in, in December and then I'm, I've been having some grip issues with, with, with my hand for a long time. Mm-hmm. I never really knew what it was. I was like, Oh, I guess it's just from work and it's, you know, from doing therapy on people and maybe that's what's causing it. Started seeing a therapist at the end of the year. Turns out I've got a herniated disc in my neck and that's what's oh. causing the issue. Jeez. Because it's, it's screwing up my nerves on my arms. Yep. So I'm working on getting that fixed. And, you know, I went into that therapist place. And when I, when I first got there, my uh, we, we test my grip every session. She was saying that my grip should be um, over 70 kilos a hand. Okay. And when I first got there, my left hand, which was the good hand, was 58. Yep. And my, my right one was at 48. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, so really low, you know. And then yeah. uh, you know, we're like a month in, something like that. And my left hand is now at eighty kilos, and my right is at seventy-four. Yeah, you're getting there, so, man. Yep. You know, yep. it's like I, I deadlifted um, the Sunday before Christmas, and I couldn't double overhand three fifteen. Really? And now, wow. now I'm having no problem at all with four hundred five and, and holding on it for reps and stuff like that. You know. Um, let me ask you. Let, so. You 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 usually go with the Olympic style deadlifting, or is that just you work them both? In terms of grip, yeah. So I, um, the way I see it is like you know if we can, if I can get an extra little bit of grip workout in, um, as I warm up for my heavy stuff, you know, then then it's great, you know. And like, um, I used to do it a lot more where I'd, I'd do a lot more reps, and right now because I really don't know where my grip strength is mm-hmm. and the other thing we don't want to because a lot of this stuff is neurological you know we've got all the compression and the nerves and all that stuff yeah but also in case of um you know i don't we don't want we don't want me to hit my fail point in terms of we don't want me to go in and go for 500 and fail it because then it negatively impacts me in a ment even, even just mentally which then causes issues you know, neurologically with, with activation and all this sort of stuff. Sure. So I don't know where I'm at grip wise right now, but you know, I'll do double overhand 
And then if I was have if I had going into a powerlifting meet, I would probably hook grip. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. when I deadlift with when I deadlift using my top weights, I use straps, and I have them, you know, both double overhand strapped in. So I just warm up double overhand or with a hook. Yeah. Um, hooks very rare, but you know, warm up that way because that's the same positioning that I'll have when I strap in. You know. Sure. Absolutely. Um. I mean, unless unless there's anything else going on, um, front squats. Um, give everybody your opinion on them. I mean, we know that you're a very, very, very established and excellent stone lifter. Um, and I, I want to talk to Ken about this because I don't think we've really brought this up a lot on the show. Um, Front squats, what is your opinion as far as transferring to a stone? Do you like doing them better than a rear squat? I mean, because let's face it, if you're going after something big like that, we want to use the the movements that are going to definitely capitalize for us when we go and lift these huge stones. So what is your feeling on front squats, Ken? So to me, you know, they have a massive carryover, not just to stone lifting, but to strongman in general. Because, you know, if you think about it, a lot of the stuff we do is front-loaded. You know, yeah. it's, it's fr- yeah. front of the body, be it, um, you know, a stone, lo- a stone lift or a, a Husafel carry, a sandbag carry, a keg carry, um, you know, even down to a log press. You know, yeah. it's, all, it's all front-loaded. So what I'll do is I, I like them a lot. I've not I've not got them in my program right now, um, but I do I do really like them. Yeah. And, um, you know I think for building certain movements like building log press, like I think it's really good. And one thing I do, you know, just to to mention that the differences, you know, I don't I I, I when I do when I front squat I'll I do like the cross arm technique because I so do I. Yep. I yep. can't do the Olympic grip. Right. Um, I tried it for, I remember like, you know, being back home, you know, so this is probably five, six years ago that I went in and I really worked hard to get that grip. And I got it quite quickly. Um, and it was a hell of a lot harder to mm-hmm. you know, to, to front squat with, with that Olympic grip. But, you know, for every DEs, the, the, the issue I had with it was that it, you know, torqued my forearms and stuff so sure. much that... Yeah, that detracted from other parts of training. So you know, doing that, I'll just do a cross arm. But then, if I was trying to build my log press, I'll actually put straps on the bar so that I can that I can basically hold the straps as if I'm holding a log. Oh, on, nice. Like, yep. On on the bar. Yep. Uh, front squat that way. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you got any video of that? I'm sure I do somewhere. Um, if you do, I'd appreciate you sending that to me because um, I'll put that up on etched because you just said something I'm going to definitely get questions on with the straps. Okay. And if we had some video, that'd be dynamite if you could locate that for me. I'd appreciate that. But, yeah, um, when we're talking front squats, too, I mean, you know, to me, Everyone does their own rep scheme and stuff. Where do you like to keep them, or do you vary everything? So it just depends, really, on what type of training I'm at. You know. All right. Well, I, let, let's just say, for the sake of it, um, I don't know what you're matching up with your front squat, but let's just say you're going to log press the same day. Um, 
where will we go with with the rep scheme? Just so we can give everybody out in the family a little idea of what we're doing. So if I was going to press afterwards, then I'd be using it more as a primer and making it more of a faster movement okay. versus um, versus heavier weight. So and I'd probably be doing like doubles and triples. Yep. Um, so, and, and maybe you know three, four, five sets, but not that heavy. Yeah. Simply yeah. because I'm trying to trying to prime my system for a log press. Now, if you do if you change it around and be like, okay, I'm using this to build my log, but I'm not, but I'm squatting on Monday and I'm not pressing until log press until Saturday. Yeah. Then I'm going to go all out and I'm going to go heavier and you know maybe like six reps or eight reps uh, at times. Uh, you know, heavy triples, heavy fours and fives at times, um, simply because you know, with the with the high, with the higher um, reps, um, I'm trying to use it more as, and I, I probably would not use a belt with that. Yeah. Simply so then try and build my core strength more with that. You know, heavily um, changed changed um, positioning. Yep. Whereas then, okay, if I put on a belt, I'm going to go like doubles and triples and, you know, try and hit those big numbers, you know? Sure, um, sure. If I was doing it for, you know, stone loading, for me, you know, if I'm, say, we just take Atlas stones, for instance, you know, I'm trying to get to a stage where, you know, I can one motion a lot of the stones or I'm like semi-lapping it, you know? Like yeah. What I mean by yeah. that is like, you know, with stone loading, you've got like, or Atlas stones, you've got, Sort of three different styles. You've got a one motion, which is you know ground straight up. Yep. Um, you've got a semi lap, and this is actually it's funny because it's uh, at times it depend. It doesn't even depend on the weight of the stone. Yeah. So for me, it's like you know I could because like say the first stone in a series is maybe to sixty six inches and it's like two seventy. Yep. Because of my height, I can't one motion it, or yep. I've not actually tried it. Maybe I could. I'm not sure. But um, what I'll do is I'll semi-lap it, which means that I'll I'll pull it into my lap onto my knees, but I'm just I'm not squatting down completely like into the bottom of a front squat. Yep. I'm just like like a, like a like a half squat, and then I'll like explode out out of that okay. to the, onto the platform. Yep. But then if you but then as the weights get heavier, I could act, and then the height comes down. I can actually then one motion to those heights, you know. Nice. Uh, yeah. You got those, and then and then you got a full a full um squat still like full full lap which is basically like you you're picking that thing up you're rolling in you're sitting down as deep as you can yep. and then you're front squatting out of it you know um or then the, and then you're like you know other people will like stand up a little, like front squat out a little bit and then pop the hips so i mean for me it's like if i'm if i'm front squatting for, for heavy heavy stones then it's going to be you know doubles triples yep and yep. um, i actually like to do pause squat pause front squats oh yeah because that you know then you're taking out that stress reflex because when you're loading a heavy stone you don't have that stress reflex anymore you know you've loaded it into your lap and now you're just sitting there like okay now it's time to just raw power Stand up. yeah yeah yep yep do you find um with the front squats obviously it's 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 really probably a misnomer but i know people are always like the thing i find is it's almost like you got to prove it to them. But do you find when you front squat, obviously, and let's just say whether it's a stone, uh, a log, a sandbag, a carry, anything, 
Do you find that your explosion out of the hole is much sharper, uh, more powerful than, say, a rear squat or whatever else you're playing around with? It certainly can be. Um, it really just depends on how, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I definitely feel like I get, like, a stretch reflex out a lot more. Yeah. So like, I, I, I'll come out of the damn... Um, I'll come out of the uh, the hole quite quickly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you know, with a we'll say with a back squat, because I sort of load my back squat differently. Front squat, I'm like there, and I, you know, I'll come down to the hole and bang and like pop out. Yeah. Whereas with the back squat, I'm then trying to, um, you know, I I just load differently because I wear wear a flat shoe and then I sit my hips back really really far. Right. Try and work all my hamstrings and glutes and all that stuff, and then bang straight out. You know. Yep. Yep. So sort of different the way the the way I perform it, but I probably get more pop out of the front squat for sure. Yeah. Um, here's something interesting I found, and I was talking to John McKean yesterday about this because um, he's been doing some front squatting, and I'm going to do not only the conventional one, but. I am going to start doing them. I've never done them before where I'll, I'll break them off the bottom and come up four inches and hold an isometric push on the last rep. But I have found this with me, and 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 John was like, wow, that, that's a good idea. And I was like, I've been using the Apollo axle like you're – not you're using it, but I do this – I um, hold the bar the same way, cross my arms. And I'll tell you why. Tell you why. I went to the Apollo axle was this, and it was just by accident, you know, using a good, I use usually my York, uh, Olympic bar, the front squat. And what I found was when it got heavier, it was like digging in hard to my clavicle on the left side to yeah. the point where it was like getting pain, man. And I was like, I don't mind pain, but I'm not going to end up now creating another problem. So you know how I got rid of the problem? I started using a pollen axle. Now, the thing with the axle is, obviously, that thing's going to try to roll forward on you because it's so damn thick and big. You got a two-inch bar now on you. But I will tell you this, Ken, it works. Yep. And it works well. So that will be the first movement I go in when I come back tomorrow morning is I will be front squatting with an Apollo axle. And I will tell anybody, if you get that type of digging in you, and look, it's one thing to have some stuff going on, all right? I got no problem. It hurts a little bit. Okay. But, man, when that thing feels like it's going to blow through your bone there, I'm not doing it. I don't care. Well, I remedied it. I re- did, got the remedy with it with the Apollo axle. That's just something that I want to pass on to people in case um, you've dealt with that before. But I mean, it's a whole different movement now holding that bar too. So um, just beware of that. Um, you know, I, I I like the idea of front squats. I've been, and I've been doing a lot of you know with all the things I've been doing in the rack and the holds and stuff. Um, I've come up with kind of this this premise of a word word called patterns, and for good or not, um, I think a lot of times if we're doing the same thing, obviously people say, well, you know, you get a repetitive injury from it or whatever. But I think that 
when we get in these patterns, we got to be very careful too. And we seem to unconsciously do a lot of things repeatedly over and over, and then we have problems. So I've kind of like readjusted a lot of things where not only with the front squats and the trap bar deadlift, which I'm going to really accentuate this time, um, the majority of my stuff is going to be carrying. Um, sandbags, the Hoosa Steel Stones, I got 95 feet to walk them. I can go barrel to barrel, hang it from chains, all this good stuff that now I'm just going to pair it all together and see what comes out of it. Um, you know, whether it's going to be step-ups with a sandbag, it might be presses with a sandbag. I've got my whole setup for the power rack where I can push as massive as a dumbbell I want off this whole thing I designed that's safe as hell. And I don't have to push it against anything because I've gotten so good with isometric pushes now. I could push that big dumbbell up in the air and know exactly where it would be if I was going against a set of rods. So all this is afforded, but I've never done stuff like that, whether it's going to be shoulder to shoulder with a sandbag, run over to my big six by sixes, and I'll have a hoose of steel hanging from a massive car tow chain. And just lift that beast and I run and get the next thing. So, And that's going to lead into the conditioners. Um, as I said, I saw some video of Ken the other day hit, taking a yoke and going down and up with it. And then grabbing a heavy sandbag and doing that for two rounds before he dropped it. So let's talk about the conditioners. And I like the idea we're talking about the front squat and the way we can obviously mate everything together and i want to tell everybody we're all doing other things too but today it's about the front squat and conditioners so tell me tell everybody out there ken what are some of your favorite conditioners and what are are, are some of the conditioners you found for yourself that you feel pays better dividends than others so i think um a big a big part of it is um you know, one where you are in training. Um, yep. So for me, right now, we are basically because I've not done anything for so long. Yeah. We're trying to, trying to build my conditioning. So we're going to be been doing a lot of time sets and a lot of you know low rest period stuff. So that you know you just. You're just going, 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 you know? Right, right. So with that, what I like about it is that, you know, I can I can do a lighter weight and I can, you know, basically reduce the strain on me. But then when you add in the time sets, then I can get a lot of benefit from it, you know? Yeah, sure. So... The way we've been doing stuff is doing all that. So for me, like condition-wise, if it's strongman specific, then I, mean, I think you know, sand, the, the sandbag is one thing which is just awful. You know, it's the only yeah. way to put it. It's the only way to put it, really. Yeah. Uh, but it works really, really well. You know. Oh yeah. So, I am. Um, if it was me, that's the way I like to do it because you know it's. It, it 
you can get a lot of benefit from just running with a sandbag. Hell yeah. But you're not having to, you know, kill yourself with it, you know? Does that make sense? It makes total sense because I tell that to people all the time. They look at me like I got 15 heads. It's like yeah. – that sandbag. See, this is the thing. I'm doing. I'm doing a project right now with my little niece and nephew. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but Danny's eight years old. All right, and I've built. I think they're tw- uh, eight and twelve, and they're ready. They could probably both lift. Uh, Maggie's my niece. She's eleven. They're so strong. They want me to build them a fifteen now, and I'm probably going to build them a twenty, even though they don't know it. And I'll tell you why. Christmas when everybody was at my mother's, my brother-in-law Dan and Danny, we went out to the garage where all my gear is. And, you know, he's been saying, I've got this 61-pound sphere, little, you know, an atlas. And and he's like, he's always touching it and messing around a little bit with it. I said, you know, do you want to uh, lift this today? And he's like, yes. So we warmed them up. It was just the three of us. I set the thing on a 35-pound plate mainly because he's never lifted one. I didn't want it to roll and pinch his fingers. And I I coached him for about 10 minutes before we started. And he got chalk. He, he, he made manhood that day, Ken. He uh, got chalked up and taught him how to stand over it and command it. And tell and tell him what to say when he was ready, and he picked that thing up, man, sixty-one pounds, and he toasted it, and I was like, "Holy cow!" So, a lot of it all started with sandbags for the last few years, and uh, I work as grip, believe it or not, on my thick picnic table. Uh, that's going to be something that'll be on it. You'd be amazed what you can do it on the end of a picnic table, especially when you're eight years old. Um, very proud of and very pleased, and it's all been sandbags. And I tell people, I've used it with people that want to do some weight loss. They are the most incredible things, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. You start carrying and moving like a beast with that thing, you can be anything you want to be. And this is something I got into somebody with the other day about an article I wrote. Well, those stones that you're doing for conditioning seem awful light. I said, yeah, but you're mating them up with dead start squats. And at the time, I had matted a 600-pound for a six-second hold, four inches up and held, and pushed them against the rods. I said, you come to my house, and we'll do those six stones, and then the seventh stone will be the 61-pound sphere that you curl. And I don't mean doing a half curl, all right? I said, I'll have you on your ass. And that was the end of that conversation. So. Um, you know, you know, Ken, that's one thing I want to ask you before we get into more of the sandbag conditioning and all that. In your opinion, do you have, do you, do you feel, and I know what you're going to tell me, but I want to ask you this anyways. Do you feel you have to go balls to the wall with everything? No. Okay, great. I'm glad you didn't say yet. I mean, what, then tell me this. Why don't people get that? Eagle. Huh? Eagle. You think that's it, huh? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Either that or you know what it is? They got no confidence in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I 
I'm not. We could do a whole show on that. But all right. So we're we're talking sandbags. The value of a sandbag. Um, in your opinion, what else do you like to do? What do you feel? You know, we're getting in condition here. We're not going to worry about you know carrying a, a 400 pound sandbag right now. What else do you like to do as far as with sandbags or anything else at that point to get where you want to be? Um. Do you mean in terms of conditioning-wise or just overall? Yeah, correct, correct. I know, you know, the yoke, the sandbags. I mean, what 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 are your favorites? I mean, obviously, you like sandbags. But what, what's what got the best bang for the buck, you think, with Ken Nowicki? Honestly, the one thing I really like, which, and it sucks, is <laughs> it's sandbags again. Yeah, yep. But it's sandbag suicides because you're trying to basically um, – replicate what you would be doing in a contest in terms of you know um you want to pick and carry something yeah. like say like you're doing a load of medley into you know into like britain's strongest man last year we had um like you or even this year you know pick up and load, they loaded it into the back of a back of a pickup truck yeah so you know you run, pick up run throw it in, run back, grab something else. Yep. So one thing I like, and it sucks, is to do suicides where you pick up a bag, run, run it 50 feet, Yep. and then you run back to the start line, then back to the bag. Yeah, yep. And then another carry with the bag, and that's one rep. Yeah. And two sets of, like, three or four reps. And now, it's that, that'll kill you. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? You got to have that. You got to have that conditioning, you know, with your heart and every other organ, too. I mean, it. that's what I'm saying, the value of these sandbags. And, you know, one thing I like about sandbags, look, you don't want to drop it on your foot or hit anything. But, boy, you drop a 300-pound atlas stone on your foot, you're not training for a long time. You know. Exactly. And that's where I like sandbags. And especially beginners, you know, my niece and nephew, I mean – it doesn't intimidate them at all like that. I don't know if a stone would or not. They, they really probably haven't learned that yet. But um, one thing I love with the sandbag, um, I was saying, I think I said it to you before we came on, or maybe I said it in the early part of the show. I, I went out and bought, very simple, two cinder blocks that you would use, you know, to build your foundation in your home. And I put them together. I cleaned the... Uh, sandbag off the ground so right there you got to clean bear hug it step up and away you go you want to talk about a conditioner i've done that and i jump off the blocks and i go down my driveway with it i don't care if it's 50 pounds or 100 pounds or 125 pounds my main thing is how fast can you move eric how fast can you get your ass down there and get back and drop it and get ready for the next set that's my, you know, my point of entry and the way I want to go with it. Um, so, obviously, sandbags are a big part of your training. It, what, is there anything else sandbag-wise you like doing? That's my go-to, honestly. That's okay. my go-to. Um, pairing it up with other stuff, um, you know, like the yoke yep. or other things like that, like, you know, a farmer's carry or even like keg or stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I think it's great. Yep. Yep. I went to farmer's walks, Ken. I'm I'm only doing one side at a time now. Okay. Um for the reason 
I think it gives you extreme balance. Um, You know, I don't want to ever be standing and kind of going left or right. I want to be able to look like somebody cemented my feet right to the ground. Um, And that's a thing I think that's very important to have that that balance like that. So I've started doing that will be one of the things that start tomorrow. Um, A lot of different things. Um, I, I really believe the more I do stuff, I believe training, you know, dumbbells, like like I said, with the press, with the one-arm press, I do believe there's a lot of validity to training one side of your body. You know, obviously the other one too, but I, I don't want to use both arms, say, to squat, and maybe I want to do one side. Um, same thing with a bent row or a press or a deadlift or whatever. There, you know, you look at the old-timers, a lot of them were big one-arm lifters. Um I don't know how many gyms even practice that anymore. You don't see a lot of it. That doesn't mean people aren't doing it. But I think there's an awful lot of validity to becoming very proficient with one side at a time, no matter what you're doing. What's your thoughts on that? I'd agree with you. Honestly, yeah, I would. Um, You know, for me, a lot of my movement preparation before I train is it's all one side stuff. It's all, you know... Uh, single leg, uh, you know, RDLs with a kettlebell, right, or single right. leg squats, yep. um, you know, half kneeling presses, um, you know, single arm benches and all this sort of stuff. You know, I, yeah. I do a lot of that. Yeah, I um, think – go ahead. I'm sorry. Train. I just do a lot of that for me to, to, to get ready to train, you know. Yeah, I don't I, – I, I you know, I, like I said, it doesn't mean people aren't doing it, but that's something I – you know, you know, think about this. I mean, you used to see a lot. You know, obviously they use circus dumbbells, and everybody thinks they need to own a circus dumbbell. But what's wrong with just loading like a one-inch, two-inch dumbbell? You know, you got good collars on each end, and just th- those things look as beastly to me as a circus dumbbell, especially when your plates are all shot looking and not shiny. I love the. Yep. You know, you, you, think about this. I've wanted to do it here, but, you know, we will do it. I don't know if you have that at your gym. I've always wanted to have just an ugly challenge-looking dumbbell right outside my garage door. And maybe have a few of them, because not everybody's going to be able to lift a 100-pound dumbbell. I don't need to have anything bigger than that here. I could, but, you know, maybe have one at even 50 and 100 or whatever. And just say, hey... You know, you're telling me how strong you are. See, you know, you want to warm up, fine. If not, see if you can do it ice cold. I love all things like that. I think that, see, I think one of the most important things for anywhere you train, obviously, is the atmosphere you walk into. Or if you're like me, you're outside all the time. So um, I I think that is just incredible. Um, What Anything else conditioning-wise you want to hit? No, honestly, conditioning, I, I try and keep it simple. Yeah. Um, simply because, like, if it's getting the job done, then you know why overcomplicate it? You know. I totally agree with you, and I think more than ever. Um, what was his name? Dominic. I can't think of his last name from Canada. He just really passed. Good. Yeah, he just died recently, and uh, I think he had a heart attack. Um, was, I mean, he, yeah. yeah, he was a huge man to begin with, and there, I I know everybody say, well, there's no guarantees. Well. Condition the hell out of yourself. If you're going to be out there lifting things that most people 
couldn't even dream of. You you want you want to be the best you can be, and you know it's great to be able to lift big things, but what good is it if you're ten feet under the ground? You know, exactly. I mean, you know, I look at it this way, Ken. I love heavy lifting, and 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 you know, um, there's nothing better. There, uh, you know, and when I'm reading stuff about, you know, Dr. George Baker Winship here. And, and, you know, they talk about lifting heavy. That's what he's talking about. Oh, that's great. But if you're going to lift heavy, too, you've got to be conditioned. It's not, you know, how many people we've seen in World's Strongest Man or in meets that are massive weightlifters? But, boy, you go to get them to lift a stone, they can't get two or three off the ground. They're all winded. They're done. I, I just think in the real world especially – You've got to be able to put your strength to the test sometimes. You never know what could happen out there. And if you're winded in 10 seconds, you might be in trouble out in the battlefield there. So I think I think the healthy mix of all these different things Ken and I have talked about today, you know, is going to lend to a lot of people out there that maybe not even even gave thought to good sound conditioning. You know, and as Ken said and I said, you want to condition yourself real cheap? Go out and get some sandbags together. You can get them. You get the you can get the bags right through Ken. I've got one. They're incredible from Cerebus. They're awesome. Ken, before we wind everything up, tell everybody too about what you've got for some strongman. I want I want you to get that stuff out there for anybody that's never heard Ken and what he does with this company, how he's part of it. You know, tell people a little bit what. You know, the, do you have the? I know you got the liners, I think too. But just with the sandbags, what do you got there that people can contact you on? I mean, we have we have a, a heavy duty bag, which is you know basically one one shell it comes with a liner, and then you can load that from you know fifty pounds, or I mean really from zero to um, what's our what's the limit we say uh, around 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 three uh, hundred ish, roughly just around there. Yeah, think uh, about yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And then we have we have another style of bag as well, which is actually loadable, their their capacity style. So basically, you know, you've got a bag at a hundred pounds, or um, I'm trying to think what what sizes are there. Hundred, hundred, one thirty two, one seven six, two twenty, two sixty five, three oh eight, and three fifty three bag as well. That's awesome, and man. They're basically just you know, you just. Un, like open it up, fill it up, and that's it. You know, there's no liners, there's nothing. You just let it do its thing. You... Yeah, it's nice and easy, and that'd be nice to have like them all stacked up like five in a row like that because you could just grab them and go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 the same premise almost. You know, having different size Atlas stones or Husafels if you want to build them or natural stones because you know. One of the one of the biggest pains in the ass is is if you've got a load. You know, I know, I know originally um, with the Husa steel stones before we put all these compartments in them that you could load them quick. You used to have to pull this big plug out and load shot. That screws your whole workout up. You know, you're you're like, oh boy, you know, and and it takes time to do that. And when you're moving right along and you want to get things done, you don't want to be sitting there loading stuff, sand or shot or anything like that. Um, anything else, brother? I don't think so. No, I think we're I think okay. We covered a hell of a lot there. Hell yeah. Um, 
Give out any information, obviously websites. I'll give my stuff out and just hang on the line, and we'll wind up today's show. Yes, but like I said, you know, you can catch me on, uh, you know, my own own social media, Ken Strawman, from you know YouTube to Instagram to Facebook, and then uh, you know Cerberus Strength USA. It's a uh, Cerberus underscore Strength underscore USA on Instagram. Um, just straight through Cerberus Strength USA on uh, Facebook and then us.cerberus hyphen or dash strength.com uh, is the website too that you can get all the stuff on. Awesome. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24 7. Um, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, uh, winners and champions, and also go out to our uh, Prosperity Conscious page out on Fiorello Barbell Co. All the directions are there. Take advantage of everything. Um, There's an awful lot of material on all these sites that will help you out, and we're very generous with our content. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out and just look at all the shows. Uh, Well, go out and listen to all the shows Ken and I have done. There's so much material like here today. I mean, this will get you set up. Go out and, you know, if you haven't done these type of movements and you've got the facility to do it or you want to start doing it, as I said, you can go to Cerebus, go through Ken, get the bags. I mean, it's not, sand is nothing, costs nothing. I would just get a good quality bag and get started. It's a great way to become super strong, super cheap. Believe me, if you know what you're doing here. I mean, we've done tons of shows on this, and Kenny or myself would be more than happy to help you out. Also, too, um, let's see where I want to go here. Um, Don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter. That's on MotivationMuscle.com. It goes out to my MailChimp account. You're all set. Also, as I said, invest in MotivationMuscle.com. The prices are all on the home page. Um, if you need to get a hold of me, get a hold of me through Facebook. Um, real easy. I'll call you. We'll get everything set up. Um, our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Also, too, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words to inspire that can change your life. If there's a show you like Ken and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at nightcap.r.com. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. We're out on Spotify. Um, we're out on Google um, Podcasts. We are uh, on an AHA directory, which is AHA. You can get us in your car 24-7. Also, too, as my mom said, when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. That might be all they get, and you don't know what people are dealing with. I meet more and more people that just seem to have the world on their shoulders, and they don't know what to do. You keep listening to this show, we'll get that world off your shoulders, and we'll give you the confidence to get where you need to get. But you got to be willing to shoulder the responsibility. You want to do that, you commit to that, and you believe in yourself, we're with you all the way. I believe, I'm telling you, I mean that. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as a great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says, in blood red domination, we are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, 
obliterate and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. Tidal wave, higher and wider all the time. It's very important to understand what being a man is. And we did a great show with Dr. Wong the other day. And, I mean, it was killer. And it was all because, I don't know if you went out, you should read it, though. Go out and read the article by Gillette Razors. I'll never buy a Gillette Razor again. Never. And the name of our show was called Our Construction. And it was all about men and how Gillette doesn't like the way men are. There's a new way men should be. Um, I would tell you to read that because um, I don't think you'll like it. So, I mean, I've been shaving with Gillette razors since, I don't know, since I was a kid. Never again. I am not going to give people money that take and drag men through the mud. No way. So that show was all about that. And Dr. Wong, I don't want to say he's old, but he was around when a lot of this stuff started in the 60s. We get into all that. We get into the soy formula, what it's done to young boys. And now, well, go listen to it. But it's a very positive thing. And the construction was the way we see men, how they should be as gentlemen. Very important. Also, too, um, let me think. Where were we? Frank Klein, my greatest college professor in business. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. My dad, be a leader, obviously, not a follower. He used to say that all the time. Frank Klein was winners never quit and quitters never win. Also, John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor, he'd walk every patient to the door and say, keep smiling. Try that on your best or worst day. You will get a smile from ear to ear. Also, too, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick the door and we'll blow the roof right off your house. Join the family. Pass these shows out. I'm telling you right now, there's so much good stuff in here. And it's not just about strength, but strength comes in many flavors. And this will always be the base of Eminem. There's no way it can't be. Also, too, Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you and we got your back. How many people would say that in today's day and age? And before we sign off with Ken, you're all winners, champions, and you are unstoppable. You can do anything you want, but you've got to change how you think, who you hang around with, and most of all, you need to hang around like-minded people. Be an entrepreneur. you got Ken here, myself, and so many other people. It's the best thing you'll ever tackle, and you will never look back. So, Ken, killer show, man. It's always good to have you on, and we will get set up for another one, my friend. Thanks, Eric. I really appreciate it, man. You're always welcome, man. It's always an asset to have you here. So, for Ken Nowicki, this is Eric Fiorello. Have a great rest of the day. This show might be up tonight. If not, it'll be up first thing this mor- tomorrow morning. But you know what? You all have greatness in you, like Les Brown says. But, you know, remember this. You can do it. And if you got people around you that are telling you otherwise, go out. And just make your own way. Have a great week, everybody. 
Do something great for the world. It's waiting for you out there. Take charge, and as my pop says, be a leader, not a follower. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.